Anyone making the mistake of referring to a sailor as being on a ship is often told that the term is in a ship, not on it. The same as saying in a house rather than on a house. Of all the military forces, the Navy is the only one where large fighting machines are also the homes of their crews. During the Revolutionary and Napoleonic Wars, sailors of the Royal Navy were at sea for long periods, often several years at a time, and they were rarely allowed shore leave, not even for a single day, for fear of desertion. In 1811, James Wathen, who was about to sail as a passenger to India, was given a guided tour by boat among the warships anchored at Spithead. Each of those tremendous, though beautiful, floating castles, said my guide, each of those first rates contain, when at sea, an active garrison of 1,000 men, 100 pieces of ordnance, with provisions and ammunition for six months a burden of between two and three thousand tons. Such are the effects of the skill and industry of man, excited by thirst of gain, the desire of protection or ambition, and set in motion by the energies of a warlike and commercial nation. These warships were Britain's wooden walls, meaning not the walls of a house, but the defensive walls of a town or city. The term originated in the 5th century BC when the oracle at Delphi was consulted by the Athenians in the face of threats by the Persians. According to Herodotus, they were told to rely on their wooden walls. Most defensive walls in Greece were of stone, but eventually the prophecy was interpreted correctly. They should defend themselves with wooden warships. As a result, in 480 BC, the Persians were defeated at the naval battle of Salamis. In Nelson's navy, every warship was a community, comparable to a village or small town, and the history of naval warfare at this time is not just a record of battles and skirmishes, successes and failures, but the story of how the men and boys, as well as a handful of women and young children, lived from day to day. Many of these seamen were the nautical equivalent of those common soldiers described by a despairing Wellington as the scum of the earth in his dispatches from northern Spain in June 1813 after the Battle of Vitoria. Yet it was widely acknowledged that the navy, not the army, was Britain's foremost fighting force, and even Wellington relied on it to safeguard his supply lines.